Well, I want to dive into the content because I got a long ways to go uh, for this morning. This morning, I am jumping back into, we're, we're in the middle of this series. Help me out. What's the series called? Okay. Hashtag goals. Everybody say goals. And, we, and, and, and the, the foundational scripture for this series is also our memory verse. And so if you don't know the memory verse, great way to get it is through the little key tags back there. Uh, but we're going to go over it real quick. It's Philippians chapter 3, verses 12. I'm going to read 12 through 14, but the memory verse is, is verse 12. And here's what it says. <clears throat> Not that I have already obtained all this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, everybody say brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm curious, how many of y'all have already done the memory verse challenge? Fantastic. Listen, this is important. There's lots of cool things starting in March that you can win by doing the memory verse challenge. If you want more information on that, you can get it at the Connect booth. You do have to recite it on a Sunday morning at the Connect booth. The very first thing we're going to give away is tickets to go see a Warriors and Rockets game with me and my family. You don't want to miss that. The only way that you have the possibility of winning that is if you memorize scripture. We're this year is a, is a deep, deep dive into the scripture. Okay, so this year is, is about us getting the scripture in our heart, walking in truth, moving in truth. I'm not actually doing this so that you can win something. I'm doing this because David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. The more word that I get in my heart, the more word that I memorize, the more that I know, the less that I sin, the more mature that I become, the more closer to Jesus that I am. Somebody say amen. amen. And so that is the actual purpose of doing the memory verses. This memory verse, I love this. Paul says, I press on towards the goal. Let me hear you say, I press on. Press on. Towards, the goal. towards the goal. Listen, personally, this year, I don't know about you, I have set goals. I have goals. I wanna be a better dad this year than I was last year. I wanna be a better husband to my wife this year than I was the last 18 years. I wanna be a better Christian and follower of Christ. Listen, I want to hear God more in 2023 than I did in 2022. Anybody else? Like, I, I, I want him just speaking to me all the time. And if I have a goal, then I can put things in place to make sure that I'm headed towards that goal. But if I do not have a goal, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss it because I've got, I don't have a goal. Amen? So this is what this series is all about, putting goals. Our, our very first goal that we talked about was take more risks, how God has not called us to play it safe. God has called us to stretch our faith. This is going to be a year of stretching. This is going to be a year where I step out, where maybe years in the past, I didn't have the courage to step out. God's calling me to step out. So this year, I'm going to take more risks. I have a goal to take more risks. How many of you are going to take more risks this year? Amen. The second goal we talked about last week, my dad preached about it, and it was that we're going to be consistent. And he talked about the benefits of consistency, things that are consistent. He talked about roots growing down deep when, you, when you're consistent. Uh, uh, we, listen, it's not always the things that are shiny and, and out in our face and the person that's singing. It's consistency that keeps us moving in the right direction. Somebody say amen. So this year, we're going to be more consistent than we have in the past. Now, now, that gets me to where we are today. I'm so pumped. This week, goal number three for the year, I want you to write this down in your notes, is don't back down. 
don't back down. Now stay with me here so that you can understand kind of where I'm going. I think Jesus gave us the perfect example of how not to back down. Now, again, stay with me. So Jesus is gonna leave heaven and come down to earth. I don't know about you, but if it was me, I think there would be a temptation to back down from that commitment. Like, do I really wanna go down there? Like when I get to heaven, I'm not ever thinking about going back to earth again. Anybody else? And so Jesus makes this commitment. He's going from heaven down to earth. He does not back down. Then he gets to earth and what happens? He gets to earth and on earth, he doesn't back down from demons. He literally walks around casting demons out of people. He doesn't back down from Satan himself on earth. He doesn't back down from religious people, from religious leaders, from people that came and start screaming that he's a false prophet, that he's the son of the devil. The Bible says that he never once backed down. He didn't fight them. He didn't step up to them in a physical way. He fought them in a spiritual way. The Bible says that he never backed down. He tried so hard to convince them of truth and give them truth and speak to them truth, but they never got the truth and they wind up killing him, but he never backed down. Listen, after Jesus died, he still wasn't backing down. Bible says when Jesus died, what did he do? He goes down into hell and he takes on Satan in hell and he whoops up on Satan and he takes the keys to death. He beats Satan and he beats death. Why? Because Jesus does not back down. Y'all know what he's going to do when he comes back? He ain't going back down. Bible says the, the clouds are going to open. Boom, the trumpet's going to blow. The, the vo- the, with the voice of the archangel, Jesus gonna, is going to come. And he is taking on everyone and everything. He ain't backing down from nothing. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, he came the very first time as our Savior. He ain't coming back as our Savior. He done done that. He's coming back as our king. And he's going to meet his people. And he's going to come down. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. And let me tell you, he gave us this example of not backing down because there's things in our life that we cannot afford to back down from. There's things in my family. There's things with my church. I cannot afford to back down. And if you don't believe me, then just look around in culture, y'all. Look at people. Look at Christians. Look at churches in culture right now. Look at the ones that are backing down. Or maybe you should say, look at the ones that are bowing down to society and culture. Look at the ones that are stepping away from truth and stepping away from what's right. What's happening? Here's what's happening. It's destroying their relationship with God. It's destroying their churches. It's destroying everything in their lives. We cannot afford to back down. So number one, I'm going to share with you three things this morning as Christians, as believers, as Clawson, we can't afford to back down from. Number one is we cannot afford to back down from truth. Somebody say truth. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that part of the reason that we back down from truth is because we don't actually know what truth is. You want to have some fun? All right, we're going to play a game. I need everyone to be involved. If you'll be involved, I need you to say, yes, sir. sir. Nice. Okay, so we're going to play a game. And this is going to be the game called, Is This in the Bible? Okay, and I'm going to make it hard for you. So some of you, you're going to you're going to feel like you're really religious and you know all the answers and you're going to get some wrong. So everybody just say, I'm good. Okay, don't get offended with me. So here's what I'm going to do. This is going to be a sit stand game. If you think that what I say is in the Bible, I want you to stand. 
Okay? If you think that what I say is not actually in the Bible, then I want you to sit. Everybody ready? How many of you are going to participate? All of you that are sitting when standing is right, you're just going to look dumb, okay? All right, here we go. Those of you that are not participating. Number one, this is the, to the is this in the Bible game. If you think it's in the Bible, I want you to stand. In the last days, you will not be able to know the seasons except by the changing of the leaves. Is that in the Bible? If you think so, stand up. If you think it's not in the Bible, sit down. Okay. All right, everybody can sit down now. Oh, 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 we got a couple over there. It actually says in the Bible to learn from the fig tree. Okay, so I've actually heard that sung in songs. The seasons change with the leaves and that's how we'll know. No, it doesn't actually say anything about the leaves. It's about the fig tree. Everybody say fig tree. Okay, number two, here we go. I will bring evil upon you in the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam he that pisseth against the wall. If you think that's in the Bible, stand up. If you don't think it's in the Bible, sit down. Okay, if you're sitting down, you're wrong. It's actually in the Bible. You guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta go back to the King James Version to get that fun word, but, uh, but it is in the Bible. I always thought it was funny because every time that I got in trouble for using that word as a kid, I just turned over in my King James Version of the Bible and I said, look, it's right there. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. If you think this is in the Bible, I want you to stand. And in that day, the lion will lie down with the lamb. If you think that's in the Bible, I want you to stand. You don't know? Okay, truth be told, all of you that are standing are wrong. Listen, and it's funny too, because everybody references the lion lying down with the lamb. That's not actually in the Bible. You know who the lion lies down with? The lion actually lies down with the wolf. It, no, 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 I'm sorry. The wolf and the lamb lie down together, and the lion and the baby calf lie down, lie down together. And Isaiah says that, but we always hear the lion and the lamb. That's because Jesus is the lion and the lamb, y'all. He was the one. Okay, next one. Here we go. This too shall pass. If you think that's in the Bible, stand. If you don't think it's in the Bible, sit. Okay, here we go. You got five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Y'all, that's actually Shakespeare. Y'all sit down. <laughs> Okay, here we go, next one, we got three more. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. If you think that's in the Bible, stand up. Nice, okay, you that are standing, you are right. It is in the Bible. Woo, 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 woo. Okay, now this one's kind of funny, here we go. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. If you think that's in the Bible, stand. <laughs> Simeon said, that's what I'm doing with my kids. <laughs> it is in the Bible. In Psalms 137.9, happy is the... Listen, he must have had some of my kids. Oh, listen, before you go smashing your babies against the rocks, you need to read the whole chapter, though. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, number seven, last one. If you think this is in the Bible, stand. I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. If you think that's in the Bible, stand. Okay, seven of y'all are right. Everyone else is wrong. I, I'm still trying to figure out how is their skin on our teeth, y'all. I don't know where we got that. But listen, here's, here's what I want you to understand, okay? 
I want us to understand it is so important. If we're going to say that we're going to live by truth, it's so important for us to know the truth. And the only truth is right here. Now, now listen to me. Truth is not what I say it is. Truth is not what your pastor says. Truth is not what you think in your mind. Truth is not your opinions or mine or even what books teach in school. This right here is the truth. And this is the only truth. Amen? And so if I am going to live by truth, and if I'm going to say I'm not backing down from truth, this is literally the only thing that I'm talking about. Y'all should be more excited than that. Anybody believe in the truth? Now listen, y'all. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. This is why I want to dig into this. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. Here's what I want us to understand. It doesn't matter what you think. Why? Because there's a path before each person that seems right. But if it's not aligning that path with the path of the word and with the truth, it's actually leading to death. Somebody say, that's important. You guys are quiet today. What matters in our lives is actually what's true. And if we're going to stand up for truth, we need to know the truth. Also, y'all, I have found that nowadays everyone wants to make exceptions and excuses for the Bible. Have y'all found that to be true? Or for Jesus. I hear these kind of things all the time because I have, uh, I'm not going to call them debates. I'm going to say conversations. I have conversations with people sometimes that want to understand a little bit more about the Bible or why I believe what I believe or why I'm so uh, hard, I guess, and stand as hard as what I do on some things. And um, I hear people say things like, well, Jesus is a God of love. How many of you believe that? Amen. He loved us. He left heaven for you and me. He loves us. Jesus is a God of love. And so because he's a, a God of love, he understands my love. And he understands the love that I have for this person. So even though we're not in a relationship that is described exactly like the Bible, because he's a God of love, he understands us and he's going to love us through it all. And, and, and he's going to understand our relationship and we're still going to get to go to heaven because we love Jesus. And, and what I would say to those people is you're confused. Why, why am I confused? Because you're trying to justify your life that is against the Bible because there is a scripture that talks about Jesus as the God of love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's not the only scripture in the Bible. Jesus does love us. And because he loved us, he sent us away to walk on the path that leads to eternity in heaven and that leads to truth. But if I am not walking in truth, Jesus is not going to be a God of love like I think he's going to love me. No, 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 no. Jesus is also a God of justice. He is a God of truth. He is a God of wrath. And you cannot justify your life because John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. No, 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 no. You got to read the rest of the Bible and you got to line up your life with the Bible if you want to live according to truth. I remember about 15 years ago, I was a a very well-known pastor. I don't name drop. I'm not going to use his name. Very well-known pastor that went on the Oprah Winfrey show. It's probably 15, 17 years ago, something like that. And he goes on the Oprah Winfrey show. If, if I said his name, you'd probably know it. But uh, so he goes on Oprah Winfrey. My first thought was, why in the heck would a pastor want to go on the Oprah show? Like, Oprah is not even almost Christian. 
Matter of fact, Oprah believes that if you believe in anything, that that anything that you believe in, you're going to heaven. You can believe in Buddha, you can believe in Allah, you can believe in the, the great mother earth, you can believe in whatever, and as long as you believe in something, you're going to heaven. Now she's got a church of two million plus people that she teaches that baloney to. So this pastor goes on the Oprah show, and in the middle of this interview on the Oprah show, she asked him this question, and boy, when she asked it, boy, I was like tingling, waiting on the answer, and the question was, I, she said something along the lines of, okay, there's a, there's, I'm sure that everyone would, would want to hear the answer to this question from you. And so would you actually say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? And he stops for a minute. And I thought to myself, baby, this is time right here. Like, yes, not only is Jesus the only way to heaven, let me share some with you about what Jesus has done in my life. Let me share how I used to be on drugs. Let me share how I used to do my wife. Let me share all the things that Jesus has done in my life. Let me tell you, he's not only the way to heaven, he's the key to life on earth. He is everything that I need. Like, that's what I was waiting on because that's, what, that's how I'm gonna answer that question. Yes, let me prove to you through my life that Jesus is my king. That's not what I heard. And so what I heard was, you know, Oprah believes everything leads you to heaven. And so what I heard him say was, well, Oprah, that's, I mean, that's such a complicated question. Because here's the thing, Oprah, I, I do believe that Jesus is the way to heaven. But, but, but here's the thing, say with me. I believe Jesus is the way to heaven, but there could be so many different paths to Jesus. And I thought, what the heck are you talking about? And he said, who am I to judge how you find Jesus and how, who are you to judge how I find Jesus? As long as you're on the path to finding Jesus, then I believe you're going to be okay. And I wanted to reach through the TV and slap some sense into him. I was like, bro, you just had prime opportunity on the Oprah show. She gave you the question for you to share your testimony and how powerful Jesus is. And what you told her is exactly what she wanted to hear, that you can believe whatever it is that you want to believe. And if somehow you're headed towards this thing called Jesus, I was so mad hearing him say what he said. It's not a complicated question. Amen? Here's the thing. Nowadays, people want to make exceptions. Even in the pulpit. Even with pastors. You know why he answered it that way? He answered it that way, first of all, because he knew what Oprah believed. And he didn't want to get in a, a battle match with Oprah. But secondly, he answered it that way because he wanted people to like him. And all these people on the TV now think that they're possibly going to make it to heaven because they believe in something because he gave some stupid answer to the question. All I could think was in Luke where Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me on earth, I will be ashamed of you in front of my father. And all I could think was shame on you. Jesus is the key to everything. I wrote this down in my notes. We weren't created to change the Bible. The Bible was given to change us. And so many times what we do 
is we try to manipulate scripture to live the way that I want to live when really I should be manipulating me to follow in line with what scripture says. Amen? So speaking of the word, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me. That was my introduction. Let's move into, I want you to turn with me to Daniel chapter six. Two weeks ago, as I was talking about taking risks, uh, we looked, I believe it was Daniel chapter two. How many of y'all remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And so that was also in the book of Daniel. So the, the Daniel was very similar time, time-wise, time frame to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you remember, at that point, it was King Nebuchadnezzar that was over Babylon. Babylon has come in and they have destroyed uh, Jerusalem and they have, I mean, tore down the walls. They have taken in captive a lot of Israel <laughs> and they have brought them into Babylon. And so uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood before Nebuchadnezzar. He threw them in the fire. You remember all that? And then Nebuchadnezzar honored and all of the people of Babylon for a little while honored the true God. And then now we have another king that came in and another king. And this king, his name is Darius. Everybody say King Darius. Darius. And so in the story of Daniel, King Darius is the king. Daniel is like number two in his command. See, God has blessed Daniel, even though he's an Israelite. Uh, and in Babylon, they had like um, several officials that would be right under the king that would give him wisdom, wise advice, and all kinds of things like that. Daniel was like the one that he went to the most. And so all of the other officials got really, really jealous of Daniel, and they kept trying to figure out, how can we get rid of this dude? First of all, he's an Israelite. We don't want an Israelite with, like, right under the king of, of Babylon. Like, how can we get rid of this dude? And so they came up with this plan that we figured out that he prays to his God three times a day every single day. And so they go to King Darius and they come up, they, they con, if you will, King Darius into creating a law for the next 30 days. No one will be able to worship or pray to anyone except for King Darius. And so he, he signs in this law. Okay, that's cool. Like everybody worshiping and praying me. He's not a Christian. It makes sense to him. And so he signs in this law. And if, if you do not, if you worship any other God, then you will be put to death. Okay. So they sign in this law, they go, Daniel goes home, he prays, he doesn't try to hide anything, he stands up, he does not back down. Everybody say, don't back down. He stands up for what he believes in his faith. The, the officials go and they tell King Darius, hey, you signed this law, somebody's praying to some other God, and he says, all right, let's get rid of him. And then they tell him who it is. It's Daniel. And it actually says in the Bible, like, he wishes that he would not have signed this law. Like, that's how much he loved Daniel. But... His officials tell him, you can't break a law that you've signed. You've signed it, it's done, or it's time to kill him. So they throw Daniel in this lion's den, and they put a lid on the lion's den. And then I'm going to start reading in verses 19 through 23. It says in verse 19, very early the next morning, the king got up. I, just, I find it hilarious that the king is the one getting up. Like, he wants to know. This is the king. He could have sent someone. But no, the king is, he probably couldn't sleep very well. In fact, I think the verse before that maybe said he couldn't sleep very well. Very early the next morning, he jumps up and he runs out to the, to the lion's den. <laughs> verse 20, when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God. I love that. How do you like how King Darius, who just said nobody can worship the living God, is calling out, hey, servant of the living God, the one that's actually real. <laughs> was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lion's den? 
And in verse 21, it says, Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight. I have not wronged you, your majesty. How many of you love to see justice done by God? Amen. Amen. It says in verse 23, the king was so overjoyed and and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. Listen to this. And the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. The same lions who was hungry all night wanting to eat Daniel real bad gets these whole families thrown in. The Bible says that they ripped them to pieces before they even hit the bottom of the den. Listen, here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. This word, do not back down from truth. This is the truth. Do not back down from truth. If you honor God and obey his truth and stand up for his truth, he will be with you wherever you go, just like he did with Daniel. But Pastor Josh, you don't understand. If I say that homosexuality is wrong in my family, it's going to cause problems. Me too. Me too. If I say that abortion is wrong, somebody's going to get mad at me. If I speak for truth, it's not popular. My friends are not going to like it. The people that I hang with at the office, they're not going to like it. Somebody's going to be disappointed because I'm coming against their lifestyle. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather disappoint people or would you rather disappoint God? Goal number three. As tough as it is, we are not backing down from truth. Somebody say, I'm not backing down. Now moving on to number two in your notes. We're not backing down from doing what's right. Stay with me. James chapter 4 and verse 17 says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Man, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Listen, did you know that when we were born, God gave us a conscience? You know what the conscience does? It tells us what's right and what's wrong. It shows us what's right and what's wrong. We're born knowing it's not good to hit people in the face. It's not right. It's not right to steal. It's not, we're, we're, we know those things when we're born. Now, sometimes we can put our conscience to sleep because we do a lot of stupid things. Everybody ever, anybody ever been there? And you know what's cool about the New Testament? The Bible says that after Jesus died and went to heaven, that he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us You know what I think part of that is? You don't have any more excuses. He sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to lead us and guide us with what's right and what's true. So if I'm a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is showing me what is right. He's showing me what is wrong. He's showing me what I need to do and what I don't need to do. At Clawson, we believe that the Spirit takes the lead. I got the shirt on. We believe that we are empowered to live the way that God wants us to live because he sent his Holy Spirit in us to lead us and guide us. Somebody shout amen. Amen. 
This year he spoke to me, or this past year, he spoke to me multiple occasions all the time. Listen as I speak and follow as I lead. Listen as I speak and follow as I lead. In fact, I said it so many times, somebody had me a bracelet. Somebody made me a bracelet and it says, listen as I speak and follow as I lead. And you know what? This is so much accountability to me because every time I look down at this bracelet, it makes me go, oh Lord, you want to speak to me? Like I'm all ears. I'll shut off the radio. I'll turn off the TV. Like I just want more. I want you to speak to me some more. That accountability is so good to me, but this is what he's been speaking in me. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. How much truth? He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. When the Holy Spirit's living inside of us, we don't have any more excuses to do wrong. And if we do wrong, it's on us. Amen? The Spirit of God leads us into what is right. He leads us into doing the right things, even if it's hard, even if it's not popular. We have got to follow as God leads us into what is right. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, in the story of Daniel, it says that Daniel found out that it was now illegal for him to worship God or pray to God. And I want to show you the very first thing that he does. Look at this. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, the very next thing that he did, here we go. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he has always done, giving thanks to God. You know what he was doing? He was taking a stand. You know what he was doing? He was saying, God, I know that you've led me to pray three times a day. I don't care if somebody tells me if I can pray or not. I'm not hiding in shame. I'm not going into the closet. No, 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 no. I'm going to stand and I'm opening the windows so that everybody can see me. And I'm going to honor you with my life, not just in private. I'm going to honor you with my life in public. I'm going to do the right thing no matter what. And I believe if I do what's right, then you will honor me and you will protect me. And if you don't, I'll come to heaven and be with you. He was taking a stand. I wish to God the church across America would start taking a stand. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and there ain't no gray. Amen? In our lives. And I'm not saying we don't mess up. I mess up every day, y'all. And when I mess up, I come back over to the right side and say, Lord, forgive me for being stupid. I'm going to try to follow the right path. But here's what I'm never going to do. I'm never going to make excuses for my stupid. I'm always going to turn back and follow him. What we have got to do in our lives is listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us and do what's right. And if God has given you a check in your spirit, you should not go against the check in your spirit. Amen? Okay, number three. So it was don't back down from truth. Don't back down from what's right. Number three, don't back down when God challenges you with something hard. You know, the first thing that I thought of when I wrote this down was Jesus' conversation with his disciples whenever he was telling them what's coming, like what's coming in the future. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of it. Y'all ready? This is such an encouraging word. Here's what he says. But before all of this occurs, 
There will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into the synagogues and into prisons. You will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Hey, life's going to suck. You're going to go to prison. You're going to get beat up. But hey, the people that are beating you up, you get to tell them about me. Encouraging, right? Let's move to the next part. Uh, Here we go. And then it says in verse 16, even those closest to you, your parents, your brothers, your relatives, and your friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. What an encouraging speech. I just want you guys to know, if you follow me, you're going to get beat up. You're going to get dragged before the religious leaders. You're going to go to prison. Who knows how long you're going to stay there. But listen, consider it all joy because you get to preach in my name. And by the way, everyone that you love, your friends and your family, they're going to turn against you. They're going to stab you in the back. They're going to come against you. Why? Because you're doing what's right. And when you're doing what's right, it makes the devil mad. So he's going to send everyone that he can against you, the people that you love. Everyone's going to hate you because you love me. But stand till the end. Wow. Right? I'll never forget, y'all, when I was a kid. I'm going to close with this story. And so if our worship team wants to go ahead and move up to the front. Talking about God challenging you with something that's hard. I'll never forget when I was a kid. (coughs) My dad telling me this story. My dad got saved right before I was born. And... um, Back then was, was a, a big abortion, abortion um, just a lot going on with abortion, and we, the Christians were trying to stop abortion, and uh, I really wish that we would fight now as hard as we fought then uh, with trying to stop abortion. And so my dad believed that God was challenging him to do everything that he could to stop abortion, and so he was protesting at Planned Parenthoods, and uh, he got locked up three times. Uh, for protesting at Planned Parenthoods. And I mean, they would, uh, to the point where they would not allow people to go inside and get abortions. Like if that's why they were there, they stopped them from going inside. You wasn't going inside. And so there was a, the, the very first time, there was a group of like 500 of them that went to, uh, went to jail. And then the second time, it was more like 100 of them. And then, then the third time, you know, once, once, once you start having to go to jail, it weeds out those that are uh, not, not, so, not so committed. Well, the last time, I remember him telling me he went to a crazy house for 35 days or something like that. Like the judge sentenced the 30-something of them that was there the last time that they were protesting, uh, that they had to stay in a crazy house for 30-something days. I could tell you some crazy stories about that. I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, And so I remember as a kid, dad telling me, you know, about this and him standing up for what he believed. and, And when Roe versus Wade got reversed... Not too long ago, all I could think to myself was, my dad planted seeds in that 35 years ago, as I was getting bored, uh, as I was getting born, my, my dad fought and protested. Like he did what was right. He did what God challenged him to do. And now seeing that overturn and seeing the tears in my dad's eyes, because he fought for that. He was one of the 30 that had to go to the crazy house. Like when God challenged, yeah, honor him for that. That's huge. <clears throat> Thank you.
But I'll never forget one of the times when my dad was telling me this story after I had started preaching. My dad was telling me this story. He turned to me and he said to me, Josh, I just want you to know there's going to be a time where if you stand for truth and you preach the Bible, you too will be locked up for your faith. You too will be locked up if you preach everything because here's what's going to happen. The government's going to try to control what you say and what you don't say, what you can say, what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. And if you decide to preach things based on the word, then it's going to be considered hate speech. And you're going to wind up going to prison for your faith or going to jail for your faith. He spoke that years ago. And I see that getting closer and getting closer and getting closer in, in 2020, we had several pastors that were locked up because they, um, you know, they wanted to continue to, uh, to do church and have churches open for people that wanted, you know, that, that was completely up to them. But we see that. We see right now the, the Biden administration really fighting against the church. We see things like saying that homosexuality is wrong or, you know, gay marriage is wrong. Those things are, they're trying to tweak those and to make those into hate speech. The things that he told me was eventually gonna happen. I'm, we're seeing them getting very, very close. So I need y'all to bail me out if I go to jail. Because here's what I want you to know, I will not back down. And you should not back down. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how much I love people. What matters is the truth. What matters is what is right. And what is wrong, what matters is what the Holy Spirit leads us and what God is challenging us in. And we have got to stay on that no matter whether we are in Israel and Jerusalem or if we are in Babylon. We gotta stand up. We cannot back down, church family. I believe with all my heart the word for, for our for the American church today is stop wavering and stop backing down and stop going against the Bible to make people happy. Would you stand with me this morning? I know it's a hard word, but it's truth, y'all. And as a preacher of the gospel, we got to stand on truth. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? I want to close with a thought that I think that maybe some of you need to hear. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I think there's probably some people that are in here that you have not moved forward to get close to God or maybe even give your life to God because you got a really ugly past. And that past is holding you back. That past has got shame pouring into your mind and guilt pouring into your mind. And can I just share with you, Jesus does not care what the heck you've done in your past. He doesn't. He only cares about what's coming in the future. He only cares about what you're going to do next. And so if you've got a bad past, let me tell you, I got one too. Do not allow your past and your thoughts from your past to stop you from the future that God has for you. Start today. Move forward today. Don't back down today. Who cares if you back down yesterday? Yeah. 
Today's a new day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, altar team, would you step out and come and just begin to pray? Every head bowed and every eye closed. In just a minute, our worship team is going to lead us in worshiping God. And I want to, first of all, I want to encourage you, don't back down in your worship. Our next battle is going to be one in worship. Do not back down in your worship. But secondly, I believe that God is speaking to some of you this morning through the Holy Spirit. He's been challenging you as I've been preaching where he wants to stretch you next. And so I want to give you a chance to respond with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you'd be honest today and say that you're not following Jesus and you want to make a commitment to follow him, not to back down anymore from something that's false, but you want to move into truth. If you're here and you need prayer about what the Holy Spirit is challenging you with, if you're here and you need prayer for healing or guidance or maybe something else, or if you're here and you just want to come up and pray by yourself or worship the Lord, with every head bowed and every eye closed, do not allow your mind to stop you from getting what God wants you to get this morning. If you know you need to be at the altar right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you step out as we begin to worship and sing this song? Come on. If you need prayer or if you want to come to the front and worship the Lord, step out and come right now.